0: There's no better time to become a member of the DSR Network. Later this month, we'll be announcing a major media partnership to our ever-expanding lineup of podcasts, bringing you even more insight and analysis than ever before. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, an evening newsletter recapping the day's top stories, and more. Best of all, If you become a member in the month of October, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code SPOOKY at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code SPOOKY. Thank you very much for your support.
1: Hello and welcome to our daily podcast where we give you insights into the various bits and pieces of news from around the world that we think you ought to be focusing on. I'm David Roscoff, one of your hosts. Another one of your hosts is Chris Cotmore. How you doing, Chris? Doing great. Good morning. And another one of them is Riley Fessler, with whom we'll start. What's on your list today, Riley? All right, well, the first thing up is something we alluded to yesterday
2: that we knew was going to happen, but Biden gave his Oval Office address last night, and kind of as anticipated, it was really a case for why we need to provide more funding to Ukraine and Israel. Um, He said that he would be delivering a request today to Congress, which we expect to be about for $100 billion, and that'll include Ukraine and Israel aid as well as a few other things as well. And then one of the other notable things he mentioned was just kind of a call to end hatred um, in the us and abroad. He mentioned the six year old Muslim boy who was killed near Chicago um, and then threats to Jewish families. so those are kind of the main broad strokes of the of
1: the speech uh, yeah uh, uh, the give you a sense of the reaction of the speech uh, Britt Hume on Fox News said that was the best speech of Biden's presidency that's Fox News. Uh, and its view of the speech, Uh, widely uh, supported speech, Um, uh, although there is, uh, you know, brewing uh, division around some of these issues in the United States right now. Not only did you have a resignation of somebody senior at the State Department over uh, the support for Israel going into Gaza, but there is apparently a larger group within the State Department utilizing one of their so-called dissent channels um to indicate that they are uncomfortable with uh such direct support uh, for Israel um and uh, uh, having said that uh perhaps that sort of thing is 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 normal what we should expect uh, but the big issue on this one and it's going to come to pass in the next few days is uh is the Congress gonna you know support what the president asked for is it even capable of doing it because, of course, we have continuing drama in the House of Representatives, Chris,
0: sticking with israel um i my morning trip to twitter um I was struck by a couple of tweets uh one was actually a tweet that you had um where uh Wajahat Ali was commenting on the shifting perceptions of Americans um and especially younger Americans, uh, about their views of Israel um, and Palestine. And I think last week we had a podcast, we, we spoke with uh, Alam Pincus and Rula Jabriel, um, where you know, you know you, the, the title of the podcast was No Blank Check for Israel, um, and I think we're seeing some of that play out. The other thing that struck me was, in, this was a tweet by Michael Weiss, but there were some others that I caught, which was, you know, we are seemingly on the brink of a of a larger uh, event here. Oh, I mean, war is, is the term that people are using um, in the Middle East. And I think, you know, one of the things, you know, Biden highlighted was, you know, we're obviously in a position right now where we're, you know, having to support Israel, um, as well as Ukraine at the same time. Um, and you know, it's, what's going on in the world is extremely concerning. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the fact that we're, our experts are commenting about, you know, larger wars, um, and we'll talk a little bit about Iran later, but um but it's very concerning to me uh,
1: yeah, no, it is concerning uh, um, uh I think that's one of the main considerations for the Biden administration, which I think has four considerations. one, they want to show support for Israel. two, they want to provide uh, ensure that humanitarian issues are addressed. three. Um, they want to contain escalation. And four, they'd like to make sure there's a plan to get to some kind of political settlement. On that front, by the way, the Egyptians have now posed, uh, proposed a uh, peace talks. Uh, and the goal of the peace talks, interestingly enough, is two-state solution. Last night, Joe Biden mentioned two-state solution. Uh, the Saudis today have also mentioned a two-state solution. We have had people on our podcast that that idea is old and dead. It's not old and dead. In fact, it's the only idea that works because the kind of state that emerges from a one state solution uh, is not going to be one that's satisfactory to either the Israelis or the Palestinians. Uh, But it's very interesting. And it just goes to show um, that this is a little bit like that bomb attack that occurred. Uh, You don't want to jump to a conclusion about what the consequences are. We're in early days. And how this begins to play out is unclear. Riley. Yeah. So
2: another big story uh, was Sidney Powell pleading guilty to six counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties. So this is in reference to the Georgia case. So this is a pretty huge victory for Fonnie Willis. Um, Part of the deal is that she agreed to testify against Trump and the 16 other co-defendants if prosecutors ask her to, which I would imagine is almost certain that they will. Um, so through this deal, she avoids trial for more serious charges, and instead is sentenced to six years probation, um, as well as a fine. So pretty significant development in that case. She's actually the second one to take a plea deal in this case, but obviously Sidney Powell was kind of one of the key figures in this whole election conspiracy. So having her having her flip and potentially go against her co-conspirators is, I think, a huge huge development.
1: Yeah, Rolling Stone has a good story saying that people in the Trump camp were uh, blindsided by this. They thought that Sidney Powell, although many of them thought she was a little crazy, they thought she was a true believer that she would never flip. Uh, She's one of the more central lawyers. uh, And uh, I think the most important part of her plea deal is that she uh, has committed to telling the truth. The plea deal will come undone if she lies on the stand. Um, And also she got off pretty light. um, And uh, legal analysts who've looked at it have concluded that the reason she got off pretty light is because she um, had to give up important information that will implicate key people like Trump. And she had to do so in what's called a proffer, which is a sworn statement that she has already submitted uh, and so there is a lot of belief that she's got the goods on Trump and some of those closest to Trump and that she's given it up. And that's why she got six misdemeanor counts, the ability to have her we- record wiped, very low fines, etc. cetera. Chris. The
0: second story for me is the, the U S has increased their Naval presence in the Middle East in response to the tensions. Um, and yesterday it was reported that, uh, U S naval ship USS Kearney intercepted three cruise missiles um, that were launched by the Iran-aligned uh, Houthi movement. Um, <clears throat> they suspect the missiles were headed toward Israel. Um, the interception occurred in, in the Red Sea. And um, the naval presence increase includes 2,000 Marine troops um but again it's it's you know it's another you know indication that the tensions are rising to the point where you know we're not just providing support in the in the form of words and in even money but with you know troops in in the region um so it, you know it's something that i'm definitely paying attention to um to see you know what what involvement um the us continues to have in this in this conflict
1: yeah uh important story, the missiles came out of Yemen uh, in terms of their launch, but they probably came out of Iran in terms of their origin. Um, but, uh, you know, as to your earlier point about escalation, uh, if in fact uh, this, uh, 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 you know, situation unfolded slightly differently... Um, this could be one of those things that triggers it when you've got a lot of U.S. troops in the region, two carrier battle groups, this group of Marines that's going to be deployable, um, other ships like this, uh, and you've got different people from around the region firing things at Israel, um, and, a, and a and a war there that heats up. It's possible Americans could be could lose their lives. It's possible American ships could be struck, um, uh, and Uh, you know, that could lead to escalation. Were missiles from Iran to land and hit Israel, it's possible Israel would want to then respond against Yemen or Iran. That could lead to escalation. Um, uh, You know, obviously the situation in northern Israel could lead to escalation, Hezbollah along the northern border. So uh, remains one of the big things that we are watching, and it's very volatile. It is one of those things where you're going to wake up in the morning read a story that you didn't expect overnight and this thing is all of a sudden gonna flash up into something bigger. Riley, what's your, your, your last big story before the weekend? Yeah, so China
2: actually announced some, I think, a little bit surprising restrictions um, for graphite exports. So this will require export permits for some products made from graphite, Um, which they say is a move to increase their national security. Uh, But it's notable because China is the top graphite producer by far. They refine uh, more than 90% of the world's graphite. And this is used in actually EV batteries. It's one of the key components of electric vehicle batteries. So really kind of a big move in geopolitics from both green development standpoint and this kind of tit-for-tat trade disputes between the U.S. and China. Last week, the U.S. uh, stopped some sales of advanced AI chips made by NVIDIA to China as part of a national security effort. So really a big move in that kind of back and forth. And I I read a quote in Reuters where some industry experts were actually pretty blindsided by this. So it's going to have pretty profound effects on that industry for sure.
1: Particularly if it spirals upward. If we continue on with the tit for tat, it's a big Um, uh, issue. One of the other related stories to this, by the way, is that one of the architects of the um, uh, small yard, high fence export control strategy of the United States is a guy named Kurt Campbell, who was kind of the Asia czar within the White House. Uh, And it was announced yesterday by the White House that Kurt Campbell has been nominated to be the Deputy Secretary of State. Um, uh, And so that's a, a more high profile role uh, and it's gonna put the u s china relationship into a more central uh role in terms of what the state department is doing. It was always central, but it's just gonna increase it um so watch that space chris what's your um last uh story of the day
0: um i'm gonna i'm gonna quickly cover three the first is uh massa amini um has won the 2023 European Parliament Sakharov Prize for Freedom of Thought. Um, and, you know, she inspired the woman life and freedom movement in Iran when she was detained for not wearing uh, her or covering her head. Um, and she was killed in detention. Um, so, you know, nice to see her honored. um not sure of the impact of, of the overall movement um but nice to see the recognition second and we're I hate to give the guy any air time, but Jim Jordan seems to be pressing on with his bid for House Speaker. you know Riley had this as one of one of his stories um but he had a press conference this morning at eight o'clock i i, 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 I it's a clown show. Um, there's not really anything more that, that you can say about that. The third is a story we covered, um, this summer, Travis King, who, um, defected to North Korea from, uh, the United States army, um, was in their, uh, sort of captivity for a bit. He, he was then sent back to the United States. And it was announced that now he's facing charges um, of not just desertion, but also uh, he was in possession of child pornography. Just just a couple of other stories that, that I'm paying attention to.
1: Um, those are important stories uh, that the Jim Jordan press conference uh, alienated a lot of people, including, again, Fox News. They walked out of it like, what the heck was this about? But they do think that there'll be another vote today. Um, uh, There's also a brewing scandal over threats being made, different people on different sides of the debate within the Republican Party. Uh, It is pure chaos. Uh, Let me give you two other stories that I've seen today that are not important at all. Um, But uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has announced that she has signed an executive order in Arkansas banning, quote, woke phrases such as, chest feeding, human milk, and birth giver. Um, So we're losing our minds there. Um, And there was another story I saw. I sent this off to you, Chris, early this morning because it was so important. Um, But a study has been released uh, that shows that uh, Germans are the men most likely to sit down while they pee in Europe. I. I, I didn't know that this is something that we tracked, um, and there are other countries where this is prevalent, but if you're German, and you pee, and you're a guy, you're probably going to sit down. I I don't know what to make of that, uh, uh, Chris, but... Uh,
0: I I surprisingly have a comment about that, about a week and a half ago, a friend of mine... Do you? <laughs> a friend of mine says, you know, cause you know, we're getting older and sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and he's like, it's just makes more sense to sit down and pee in the middle of the night. You don't have to worry about trip and Oh, you know, turning on a bunch of lights and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, I don't think so.
1: I, I, I I'm sorry. I,
0: I, I, clean up the mess in the morning if it's too dark to see.
1: Wow. Holy moly. Um, This (laughs) is just TMI. This is the TMI section of this. Uh, I I I would say um, uh, that German men uh, immediately responded to this study, all of them saying, we are taught it is unhygienic not to sit while peeing. Um, So there you have it, you know, Germany is a clean and well-run country, so may want to think about that. Um, Sorry about that, Riley. I know it's going to cause you consternation all weekend.
2: Now I'm just going to think about how Chris has made an enemy of Germans everywhere for his comments today.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's you know, it's we're not here to be diplomats. We're here to tell it like it is. I'm sure everybody is grateful for that. I certainly am every day. I've enjoyed this first week of doing this. We'll get better and better at this, folks. And again, if you've got questions for us, email us, uh, contact us on the Slack, tweet at us, uh, reach out to us on threads, uh, Instagram, TikTok. I'm sure Chris is on LinkedIn. I'm not, but somebody is on LinkedIn. Um, uh, And... uh, pose the question. We'll try to answer it here on the pod, try to make it more useful to you. Until then, have a great weekend, folks. Have a great weekend, Riley. Have a great weekend, Chris. Uh, And we'll be back with you on Monday. Bye-bye.